Welcome back to Work at Life. I'm Maddie Grant, culture consultant at Propel, and I'm here with my super smart co-host, Sonia Lucina, president of the Workforce Division at Question Pro. So Work at Life is a show for everyone, whether you're an employee or an employer, who believes that work should be fulfilling and allow us to learn and grow, given that we spend so much time working. This means that we explore a ton of different topics related to both work and life in general. But what's different is that we look at these burning issues through the lens of both the individual and the organization. And we want you to leave every episode with at least one new idea about how to improve your workplace or your life for that matter. <laughs> so with that, uh, we have an awesome guest for today and I'm gonna kick it over to Sonia to introduce him. Thank you so much, Maddie. So it is such an incredible pleasure to have my former colleague, good friend, and one of the humans I admire the most in the world on this show with us today. Um, Cecil, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Um, Thank you. I have so many brilliant things to say about you, but I'll, I'll just kick off um, with you know the main reason why you're here and one of the things I admire the most about you and that it's your leadership. And that is something you. you and I worked together over a decade ago, I think. But it's um, that's right. Yes, <laughs> it's been a few it's a few moons ago. Um, <laughs> Couple but it candles. Really, yes, <laughs> it really stuck with me how you related with your teams, um, how much you cared for people, what people said about you when you weren't there to listen. And to me, I just even now it gives me goosebumps and when you know we reconnected and started having these you know conversations in the recent months it just all like started like really flooding back and i thought since maddie and i have this awesome platform where we can share stories of people like you what an incredible opportunity to share your story during a time that leadership is so valuable and so many people out there you know, are are saying, what do I do? And how do I do this? And how do I get better that I think um, everything that you'll be able to, sh you know, share, like Maddie said earlier, like if people walk away with one idea, I think today they'll walk away with many more. Um, but just so thrilled to have you on and I'll kick it over to you to give a little bit more um, about your background. And then we have some really good questions planned to throw <laughs> your way. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, first of all, thank you, Sonia and Maddie, for having me um, on the show. I'm excited. I'm an avid listener. And so the uh, the conversations that you have, the guests you bring on, and the both from a high-level data perspective, but then also from a uh, uh, individual perspective of interactions between people and between companies, um, I find incredibly insightful and um, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do while I'm cooking. So making pasta, listening to your show nice. is, is like my happy place, right? Um, but you know, uh, you mentioned uh, our, um, not only our relationship, but the conversations that we've had and how a lot of it and the things that resonate with you are about leadership. And I think leadership is among the most important um, callings that any individual who decides to pursue it can pursue. And so when I think about that, I, I think about, <laughs> this might sound a little philosophical, but I swear it, it's gonna lead to a place of practicality. But you know, when I think of life and the, the story of life, the story of our lives, it's all a series of, uh, a series of 
singular moments that are connected through these dots of interactions between two people, right? And, and so if you know that you are going to interact with this individual for this moment, and in some cases, you're gonna interact over a series of many moments, like that interaction, that moment, and the collection of those moments are incredibly important. And if you look at it that way, then what you're thinking about is how do I, how do I um, both enter and exit and be present in this situation where that where we're uplifting the other person and and helping them become who the person they're supposed to be, especially if you're in a position of responsibility. Um, but then at the same time, you know, keep them uh, firmly planted on the ground if you need to course correct what they're doing. So I think this idea of flying and staying on the ground um, is just incredibly important. And it's the it's the balance between uh, accountability and um, and feeding into their dreams. And so, and I think that's what leadership is, right? Um, I had a uh, mentor who is still a friend of mine um, tell me like, I loved when he would walk the, the floors and, and he brought so much joy when he did this. And I, I, I saw that and I asked him about that once. And he said, you know, Cecil, um, I like may spend only a minute with each person on the floor in a given month, but that minute could be incredibly important for that person. So I take that yeah. responsibility very seriously. And as a result of that, I know that it's my job to lift people up or keep and, and ensure that they fly and achieve their dreams or make sure they keep their feet firmly planted on the ground because what they're doing is probably what they shouldn't be doing, you know? And so yeah. as a leader, that's, that's, that's what I'm like very fascinated by. And so the course of my career over the last 20 years have, I've worked for some incredible companies, you know, um, you know, career builder, Glassdoor, Glint, Upwork, Trusted Health, and now on the stage. And all the companies had a very common theme to it. They were all mission oriented. They cared about their people. They cared about their customers and they wanted to do things the right way. And, um, and so as a result of all that, I've, I've, I've learned so much. I like to think that I've taught a lot too. Um, and, but in the process have developed these amazing relationships. And so that's why I love being in leadership and that's why I'm excited to be part of the show. Oh, I love You're it. Good. And thank that's you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, for sharing that, the view, your story, everything. It, it makes me even more excited about <laughs> our conversation. Um, so I'll kick us off true to our style with a couple of data points to frame our conversation. And actually, this is something that we talked about in the previous episodes, and it's gotten a lot of attention. Um from those you know, listening to and participating with our show. And so the first data point that we had was around how satisfied people are with their career at the moment. And so most of us, um, if not all, have heard about the great resignation and this you know, big shift in the labor market. And then so many people have left their jobs over the last, I don't know, six plus months at this point. And so what was really shocking to me is when we asked people, how satisfied they are with their career, only 54% said that they were satisfied. And we thought, oh, you know, if so many people already changed, how is that possible? You know, people just apparently still haven't really landed where they want to, and they're still exploring. 
But then furthermore, one of the things we wanted to look at, because we're talking about leadership, we're talking about people in management positions, is that actually significantly more managers said they're satisfied with where they are in their career. So 61% of managers compared to 52% of individual contributors said they're satisfied with their career. So that's nine nine percentage point difference. And so we thought, wow, you know, what's going on there? What are some of the causes? And we have this whole <laughs> report on it. But one of the, you know, next more most important pieces of data, particularly for our conversation today, was when we asked individuals, well, does your manager, does your leader care about your career progress? You know, could that be a challenge? And Oh, um, we found out that, you know, even fewer people, only 51% of people overall said that their leader cares about their career progress. And the difference between managers and individual contributors was actually even bigger, where 62% of managers said that their actual manager cares about their career progress compared to only 46% of individual contributors. So as Maddie and I were, you know, looking at this data before and talking about it, this is where Cecil, you really came to mind because we were reflecting on some of our conversations with you and what, you know, you've seen work really well, but even more importantly, what you yourself have done that's worked really well. And we thought if, you know, a lot of times it, it's <laughs> the good thing is that most managers, if you ask them, they're not likely to say, I don't want to care about somebody's career they're more likely to say, I just don't know how to be there for them. I don't know how to mentor them. I don't know how to coach them. I don't know how to develop them. I don't know when to find the time. Like I have all these KPIs and especially this is another really you know, interesting point is that Cecil, in most of your career, you have been a sales leader. And everything that I know about sales is that it's incredibly stressful. It's incredibly numbers driven. You have to hit your targets or otherwise, you know, your future might not be very bright. But for you, even in such an atmosphere, you still found this tremendous value of spending time with people and building relationships and building their career. Um, and so, but what was also interesting too, is the last time we spoke, you said, you know, one thing that I'm finding is that actually today, it's more difficult than ever to find your path to success. And so maybe there's something in there too with these numbers. And so we're just, you know, hoping you could share with our listeners a little bit more about why you feel that way today about this, you know, the, the even greater challenge of finding the, the path to success. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so all of those numbers are eye-popping, some of it very concerning, right? Um, and you're right. Um, there's, there is a difference between managing to numbers and leading through people or leading with people, right? And and sales is so numbers driven. Most of my most of my career has been in sales, and a lot of it has been in sales leadership. I took a couple breaks. I went into healthcare for a little bit, um, leading a candidate experience team. I started out as an engineer, and so my mind is all numbers. And I think that's what's really interesting because that's not how I lead. And so when I think about, you're always trying to balance. Um, results with uh, development. I think about like, how do we bring humanity back into our interactions with individuals and with teams to drive results? That's really hard. And so what is this interplay and balance between people and processes, 
right? They're both important. And when I think about building a world-class organization and how sales plays into that, I think about people, processes, and product, right? And the, the two pieces that I have direct control over are the people and processes. And then through our interactions with our customers, we influence product, right? So they all play with each other. You know, what's interesting is um, I do, you mentioned that things are harder today and that pa the path to success is significantly more difficult today than it was yesterday. And I've noticed that too. Um, you know, but the interesting thing is that I believe, at least anecdotally and the experience that I've had, and when I look at when I first started my career versus today, that there are more leaders today who care than ever before. But yet the data, all the data proves that there's a disconnect. And so like, why, right? And so you live in a, um, we live in a world where technology is significantly greater. We are, and through uh, technology and through its platforms, we're more connected than ever before. And yet, like, why do people feel alone? Yeah. And why do people feel like they can't raise their hand and ask for help? Why is this whole idea around being vulnerable and sharing your insecurities not celebrated more? And to mm -hmm. me, the hallmark of a great team, and especially uh, in team meetings, you see it, those uh, those teams where people are encouraged to raise their hand and and share that I don't I don't know and I need help, those are the teams that get to become more successful faster, right? And it starts at the individual level. I think one-on-ones are incredibly important. And then it's pulled through um, in meetings. And then it starts in meetings and it's pulled through in one-on-one. So there's a there's also an interplay between those two dynamics. And so like when I ask, uh, when I ask myself like why, um, I think it really starts with the development of the frontline manager. I think the frontline manager is the key individual um, in any organization, um, whether it's a first-time engineering leader, first-time customer service leader, first-time, in my experience, sales leaders, that's where if you can have an impact on that individual, you have an exponential impact on everyone that that person leads. And that's yeah. how we lift an organization up, right? The reality though is, and that's also what's interesting, like even though you mentioned that, I believe it was 61 or 62% of managers are satisfied in their careers and feel like they're supported, that means 40% don't. Yeah. So that that's a really big number. And that's, that's and like that's, it. yeah. And so that's, that's what I think about a lot, right? And so when I think about developing managers versus developing individual contributors, my first questions are very different. Like to me, the uh, the uh, for the manager, it's looking inward. For the individual contributor, it's looking at the environment, looking outward. And what I mean by that is, um, for managers, I ask them the questions. These are the same questions I ask myself. Like, who are you? Who am I? Who am I? And the reason why that's so important is because it speaks to authenticity and yeah. being genuine. The, you know, back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean <clears throat> in my 20s, which was a little while ago, you know, <laughs> I managers didn't, I didn't feel supported or cared for. I didn't feel like I had a voice. I didn't feel like I could ask, you know, and, um, and those, and there was this whole persona around, you had a work persona and you mm -hmm. had a home persona, you had a work life and you had a home life, right? 
you know, I hear this term work life balance and it's just never made any sense yeah. to me. You know, like why is you're it in good company? Right? Yes. Right? And so and so like this thing around, um, I don't think there is a separate persona depending upon where you are. You are who you are. Yeah. The but the the hardest question to understand and 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 really dig into is so who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because who are you <laughs> leads into so many other things. It yeah. and from a uh, from leading people from that perspective, it gives you guide uh, uh, guardrails and guideposts around what is your leadership style going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are tough. You know, but you know that because they, they they're also caring. Some people are caring but can hold people accountable, right? Mm-hmm. This whole idea of you have to be one way versus another is simply not true. And the reason why people um, have there's incongruence between what they are in front of their uh, the people that they lead versus what they're like outside of work is because they haven't figured out who they are. Because if they had, there'd be a sense of confidence around that. And you know what? This is who I am. And you know what? I'm going to help you figure out who you are. My whole, yeah. and uh, we'll get into it hopefully if we have time, but my whole, uh, um, like, I feel like my purpose on this planet is to help people realize the best version of who they are. You know, that's, oh, and, and, yeah. and, and so <laughs> everything I do, like, um, it, it's it's centered, it, it, it moves towards that piece. Um, but a lot of that is because I put in the hard work to figure out who I was. Right? Yeah. So, so the, um, so I think that's the first question that I ask in the in the uh, the um, the path towards development for managers. Yeah. Who am I? Um, and I love the I love and I have to say this. I love the Dr. Seuss quote. I'm probably going to mess it up, but you are you, and no one else is you than you. And I think yeah. that's like one of my leadership philosophies. Like I know who I am. And but for individual contributors, it's different. Um, what I ask them, it's more about the environment. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want to do? Why are you doing this if it's not aligned with what you want to do? Yeah. Typically what happens, so those are also very hard questions because typically people starting out in their careers and especially if they're not going down a management track, they don't know what they want. Like, And so I've been in, um, most of my career has been um, leading people that are right out of school or right out of college or transitioning into a new role. Both situations, um, involve a lot of stress. And because you're in a yeah. new environment, if you're entering the workforce, you are you like you're in the real world now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so navigating it's a, it's a <laughs> massive shift. And then someone transitioning, that means they didn't want to do whatever is they that they were doing. And that thing that they were doing was probably something they thought that they always wanted to do. So I see I see, you know, nurses that are questioning whether they are, they want to be nurses and should I do something else? I have people now in uh, theater trying to decide like, what is my passion? Do I, do I go full force into theater or do I try something else out? Mm -hmm. I was an engineer in my mid twenties and I was questioning, gosh, I really don't want to be an engineer, but what do I do? Right. Those moments are incredibly mm-hmm. difficult. And it's very it's it's tough to navigate um, uh, through that with someone that you trust, let alone doing it by yourself. So as a manager, it's it's uh, or as a leader of people, um, I take a, I take it on as a big responsibility to help people figure out 
what do they want, right? Yeah. And so that's important. I think those those two types of question paths that you're going through um, with these different individuals who are choosing uh, a different career path from each other, that's part of how we bring humanity into our interactions. Um, and like my 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 belief has always been, if you can unlock the individual, you will get the results. Because part of being a uh, leader, and and I would say this is more the administrative side of it, is you should look at the processes and understand like what is the pathway to success by doing A, B, C, D, and they all flow with each other. But you don't start with that because if you had the best process and have the wrong people, you're not going to succeed. Right. However, if you have the right people and you've unlocked them, they're going to help you figure out the right process. Yeah, and that's well, what's so I'm, amazing. I'm speaking of that too, I actually I have a theory that part of the disconnect is is based on the fact that our processes are misaligned. So like you have, you know, an annual performance review, but, you know, it, like going back to what you were saying at the very beginning about connecting moments and also teams, you know, kind of learning and evolving, like that's an everyday kind of thing. And yet, you know, we expect to meet with our managers once a year to figure out, you know, did we hit our goals? And if not, you know, why not? And of course they feel disconnected from their career. Right. Of course no. they do. <laughs> That's one funny conversation I had with someone yesterday. We were trying and it was somebody who just got introduced to and we have a lot of very similar passions and are maybe looking for a way to collaborate. Um, and he told me like, oh, just give me a call whenever you're free. I'm like, but that's the problem. My calendar is never free. And you know, everyone, like every philosophy now is like, oh, that's the worst thing ever. Why is your calendar full of meetings? It's not, you know, the right way to go. And what I actually said to him, because I've been thinking about this a lot and I don't, I'm like, is it an excuse? But I don't think so. I really fully believe in this is that I meet with my team a lot, but I feel like every one of those meetings is a learning and coaching opportunity. That's because exactly we're working right. on projects together, right? So it's not just like, oh, let's check in and what did you do? And what, but it's okay, let's think about this. This is how I'm thinking about it. How are you thinking about it? Okay, where can we get more information? Do we know somebody in our network that maybe we can, you know, reach out to and get their opinion? So like every, I try to think at least of every one-on-one -on -one and every team meeting is a knowledge sharing thing. And that hopefully in every one of those meetings, I learned something and my team learned something as well. Um, so that's all. I need to ask you one thing because I found this so fascinating last time that we spoke. And so you talked about defining who you are and what you want. And one of the things in much of my like soul searching and everything, you know, looking at mindfulness and purpose, and um, I've realized how important writing things down is, how important <laughs> having like clarity around something is like, what am I passionate about? And instead of just kind of thinking through in a million thoughts, like write it because then you realize what you're clear on and you realize what you're not. And one thing that I loved that you said that was so surprising to me, even though I've worked on organizational culture basically my entire career, I've talked about mission, vision, and values, maybe more than any yeah. single person ever did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with that, when you said like, that you define that for yourself, I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Why is this the first time I'm hearing that a person did this? And so I think it is, such an incredible exercise for somebody to your point that's saying, you know, it's so important to know who you are and what your why is. Well, how do I do it? Where do I start? Yeah. So can you please, please, please share how you came <laughs> up with that? And what is yeah. your 
you know, mission, vision, and values, because I do think that that is a really, really good practical takeaway and exercise that those, you know, managers, leaders, aspiring leaders who are joining our conversation can really walk away and think about. So do share. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, you know, um, or sharing that, that, that was something that resonated with you. Um, so it stems from the two questions um, or the two question pathways that I ask, depending upon what path you want to go uh, um, in your own career, leadership path or individual contributor path, right? Um, and so those two questions led to this whole idea that why, why do we think about our vision and our mission, our values from a team or organizational perspective? Like, shouldn't we think about that for ourselves? Part of this also is, quite frankly, is this idea of um, having a sense of control over your life and like knowing who you are. Like, okay, so I've put a lot of work into figuring out who I am. And, and so as a part of that process, um, I have now looked at, well, what do I want to do? Like, what does my future look like, both from a personal and professional perspective? So what's my vision? How am I going to get there? You know, and so um, what am I doing today? And that is going to lead to that path. Like, what does that mean from a practical perspective? What's my mission? And ultimately, who am I? Like, what are my values, right? And so for me, and I mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it in a few different ways, okay? Um, so one is, like, I want to have a significant impact on people's lives by committing to their growth throughout their professional careers. So it actually has nothing to do with the fact that they're on my team or I'm on their team. Yeah. It has everything to do with the fact with, you know what? I wanna have a positive impact on people's lives. Um, another way of saying that is what I said earlier is I wanna help people realize the best versions of themselves. Um, I wanna help people unlock who they are. Um, and so I've devoted the past 20 years of my life to helping people um, who are either starting their careers or transitioning into a new path, new career path to figure out what success looks like. Because in, especially in both of those scenarios, like figuring out like what you want to do and who you want to be is so important. And so, so how do I do that? Like, what is my mission? Um, I am hyper-focused on creating an environment where good people want to come together to do great things. So from a professional, uh, like a, a company perspective, an org perspective, hiring the, uh, the best people, mm -hmm. good people that are aligned with your values and the company values, incredibly important unlock them and create processes where they can do their best work. Invite them into the process of building these processes. Because if you're, if you're doing the first part right, they're gonna give you ideas significantly better than any ideas that you have. And so we create this environment where people can do amazing things. And because of that, they're gonna bring on more people. People are gonna wanna join and they're gonna wanna bring on more people to join in the fun. Um, and so my values, my, my guiding principles, like that, um, that aligned me with not only those things from a work perspective, but also from um, in my personal life is, you know, trust and integrity. So that's more inward, like who am I as a person? The mm -hmm. second two is transparency and accountability. And so this whole idea, I've always been uh, uh, tabbed as the person, Cecil, you're just a really nice guy. I'm like, I know I'm a nice guy, but I also get stuff done. <laughs> You know, yeah. so, so how do you how do you uh, manage to you know, like, and I think that the transparency and accountability piece is what helps me um, yeah. 
get stuff done. I think the bridge between my inside and my outside, the trust, integrity, and the transparency and accountability is candor. And so, and in our company um, on the stage right now, we practice uh, something called compassionate candor. So candor is not a license to, uh, um, oh my God, I don't want to cuss you. It's it's not a license to be a jerk, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so, so we're putting the word compassionate behind it because candor is all about speed and efficiency and unlocking people and processes, right? And um, so I think trust and integrity speaks to the heart Transparency and accountability speak to the mind, and candor's candor's the bridge. And so my so that also lends into my style, you know. Um, and I think I mentioned this earlier, both in a previous conversation, and but you know, I I my decisions come from my head, but my leadership style comes from my heart, and um, and I think that's also how I try to intentionally um, connect uh, humanity um, into our interactions to drive results. I love all of that so much. <laughs> Thank you. Sign so me up. You're such a great example to follow. I think that's thank just you. perfect. You know, uh, Maddie, thank you for sharing that, both of you. But what I will tell you is this is why I started our discussion with this um, idea of moments, because in practice, all this stuff is really hard. And, you know, when you, the best idea becomes terrible once you get two people involved. <laughs> right. I will have to to use that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, like the that's why I think having a vision for um, what you want to accomplish, who you want to be, a mission of how to get there, and then values to guide you is so important because every moment is going to present you with different challenges. I think uh, in totality, it'll all end up being a good thing if you're being super intentional about being good and doing the right thing at the right times. Um, but in the day-to-day, in the moment-to-moment, you're going to make mistakes. But if you've built trust, and if you're a person of high integrity, you're going to be able to come back to it, you know, and and course correct where needed. Well, and I think the, the idea of moments is really powerful, too, because I think many managers may find all of this very overwhelming because they're just so busy trying to get That's right. the work done, you know, or just get their teams to finish their projects on time, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So being able to chunk it out into just literally how we interact with each other as human beings, you know, in the workplace or not, you know, it just makes it much more manageable and, and less like I must be this kind of manager. That's you know exactly. what I mean? I think that that piece that I must be this kind of manager, that's mm-hmm. really, that really, and this is just my experience I've seen uh, from uh, what I've seen and my own interactions, but that comes from a place of not knowing who you are. Like, exactly. I have to be this person. I have to be that person. No, you actually don't. Just be you yeah. and be the yeah. best version of you. Yeah. Well, Sonia, what do you think of that as a nice closing statement? Oh, <laughs> you know, I don't want this conversation to end. (laughs) Neither do I. But we're so, you know, we're so lucky that Cecil is our friend, so we can continue it online, offline. I would love to be back. um, Yes. Oh, Cecil, thank you. I mean, this is, I think it's it's so enlightening. It's so useful. But every time I talk with you, you just warm my heart. Um, So thank you for being you. Thank you for your approach. Thank you for taking the time to share it with others, because I think that that 
is so valuable. And I do think I completely agree with you that everybody needs to figure out themselves. Everybody needs to understand their why and who they are. But if they're ever going to copy somebody else, I hope that's you. So, <laughs> you know, I'm glad, you. That, I'm glad we were able to introduce you. So while, yes. while people are doing that soul work, if they're looking for a role model, I don't think we could have picked a better one. Um, but thank I you know so with that, we know, of course, I know we're at time. So um, thank you so much again for everything. It was just such a pleasure. Again, it's such a time that it's, you know, leadership, management, everything is so important. And it matters a the, lot. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. And the more we can help each other get better. And I love that, you know, you said people care now more than ever before. And I really yeah. believe that too. So if we can find the right tools and the right ways and the right advice that I think is so human and approachable, like the way you shared it, I think as a humanity, we'll, we'll get a lot better, a lot quicker. So yeah. thank you. It was such a pleasure to have you on. It was a pleasure to be on. <laughs> thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. Um, thank well, you. Thank everybody for listening. And we'll <laughs> see you again next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.